Promo Kitchen is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization committed to the advancement of the promotional products industry through education and mentorship. If you want to get more involved, please visit us on the web at promokitchen.org. One of the ways you can get involved is by donating to our cause. We rely on our community for financial support to help cover the cost of producing our educational content and our networking mixers. You can donate today right from your phone at promokitchen.org donate. Thank you so much, and let's get started with the show. Here at Promo Kitchen, we are proud to be partners with and members of PPAI, one of today's sponsors of this broadcast. Today's Promo Kitchen podcast is brought to you by Promotional Products Work Week, which is May 13th to 17th of this year, 2019. Promotional Products Work Week is an industry-wide celebration dedicated to increasing awareness, building your business, and uniting our entire industry with one mission, one purpose, and one voice. So May 13th to the 17th, get together with your team, your peers, and your community to meet and greet, serve your community, advocate for the industry, and celebrate your customers and clients during Promotional Products Work Week. For more information, check out ppai.org forward slash events. This podcast has also been brought to you by our good friends at Sanmar. Sanmar believes in the power of promotional products. Since 1971, this family-owned apparel supplier has been dedicated to passionately serving customers through trusted brands like Port Authority, Nike Golf, OGO, District, District Made, and Sport Tech. You can check them out online at sanmar.com. Hi everyone, this is Johanna from Access Promotions and Promo Kitchen. I'm with Mark Graham, who I feel like everybody knows from Promo Kitchen and Common Skew. And we're with our guest today, who is Alan Pedroza from Spectre and Co. And today's podcast is going to be a little different than what we normally do. Piggybacking on what we've done with Chameleon's podcast, we're going to talk to Alan a little bit about what happens from the factory floor at a supplier on the supplier side, and a little bit about his background and what he does to keep the wheel moving. You know, as we mentioned before, we constantly feel like a lot of wonderful people in this industry are being recognized on hot lists and power lists and top 50 lists. And we love them and certainly agree with the recognition they're getting. But we also think there's a lot of people that make those tiny miracles happen every day, and we don't really hear about their stories. So we wanted to dig a little bit and hear about how Alan got started and what his role is at Spectre & Co. So with that, hi, Alan. Hi, Joe. Hi. Hey, Alan. How are you? Very good. How are you doing, guys? Great. Alan, tell us a little bit about where you're from. Well, I'm from the Philippines. I'm a Filipino. Been moved to Canada, I guess, in 2001. Great. So when did you join Spectre? I joined Spectre 2001 when I got here in Canada. That's my second job in here in Canada. Awesome. And how did you hear about the company and get involved in the job? Well, most of us here working at Spectre Production, we hear all this opportunity by the word of mouth. A good friend that used to work at Spectre helped me to get in, in this great company. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your role at Spectre. 
I am a supervisor in morning shift, what we call first shift. And then I'm the one who's responsible to ensure that all our shipments are going to ship out without any delays. Excellent. And is that how you started over at Spectre? Well, actually not. It's really some challenging, good opportunity that I received from Spectre. This, like I said, this is a very young company that have a lot of opportunity, especially for an immigrant like me. I started like a silk printing operator for a couple of years. And then maybe the inspector see there's a potential in me. Then I try to work hard as much as I could. Then they see this potential and then they help me to build it up. So they give me training every other training. Now I become a supervisor. That's great. Can you walk us through a typical day? I know a lot of people might not know this. Inspector runs on three shifts. Is that correct? Yes, it is correct. It's three shifts. Three shifts. Okay. So for you, I know you mentioned your hours briefly, but talk to us about through a typical day. What time do you get there? What type of things do you see when you get to work? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, my shift starts from 7 o'clock until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But I have to be here at 6.45 in the morning. And then sometimes I leave around 4 o'clock. If we have a couple of meetings that need to attend to, I might stay until 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And what types of things are happening to your day? What's a typical day like for you? Well, typical day is always busy because, you know, our company will always try to make sure that we were going to make sure that all our works will be done accordingly. So we have a couple of tools that we can use to ensure that we are doing our workload according to priority. It's not something that we're just going to select or pick whatever we want. We have all this good system or digital system that we have that support us to ensure that this is what the thing that you need to do today in these hours. And then it's going to be scheduled. And after that, there's a couple of things that I have to do to monitor and to maintain and also to mentor our colleague in here, especially I have a team leader, like seven of my team leaders that I need to attend every day to ensure that I'm going to give them some support regarding some challenges and whatever challenges that they have in their department. And then I'm always there to back them up. I'm always there to help them. So that's exactly what I'm doing here every day. Alan, what did the company look like over 15 years ago when you first took the job? Well, Mark, I could say this is a great company. I remember that when I was working in here from day one, this is a very small company with maybe like 50 dedicated operators or printers or staff, especially all including the managerial staff. Within the TPA employee, now I can say that we are almost 500 personnel right now. Wow. So it means, yes, it's really wow. I was so really happy to be part of this achievement that Spectre has. And until now, we are in the industry that are moving forward and trying to be more competitive in the industry. Right. I see that our company started from in a humble beginning, like everybody used to say. And I can see right now that we are going and moving forward to become a great team. It's really awesome. And when you started, so you mentioned there were about 50 people that were on the operations and production side. And now you've scaled 10 times the size to 500 now. How has the operations culture evolved in that time? The culture that we have before is just, you know, we don't have some structure at the very beginning. But once we are getting familiar with what exactly we want to achieve, we have this vision. And then this vision are the one who's driving us to achieve all this project that we have. So we have all these parameters that we set in place and procedure which we don't have at the very beginning. Right Now, all this structure are being set in place, and you will see that most of the staff that we have in here, or not even the staff, even our visitor, that they said that our company doesn't really look like a printing company, that there's a lot of ink on the floor, 
or there's a lot of mess on the in production. But they said that it looked like a milk or food industry. Yeah. How clean we are and very organized. Yeah. Well, I can imagine that the evolution there, I mean, you have more people, but I imagine for someone who is on the operational side of the business is probably far less stressful to be in an operations environment that has that framework and that structure in place. Whereas at the beginning with a smaller operation, I mean, sure, maybe it's a more freewheeling culture back then, but I'm sure without those structures in place, that can be difficult because you don't really know how you're being measured. It's difficult to get orders out the door because things are late. And I think with that framework in place, particularly on the operation side of the business, has probably been quite liberating and freeing for you. Yes, it is. And Mark, what exactly we're doing in here right now is so easy. And so we try to make it sure that everything will be done in the simplest way. We don't want to have more obstacle, but it's very direct. That's what exactly we want. We want to be efficient as easy as possible. When you first came into Spectre, you entered the promotional products industry 16 years ago. What was it like walking into this industry? Did you have any preconceptions about it or were you just, all right, I'm going to show up and I'm going to be printing pens here today? Like, did you, <laughs> did, did, did you think about the overall industry that you had just joined or were you just thrown right into it and you didn't really have a chance to think about it too much? Yeah, you're right. When I got here in Spectre Info, I was very young. And being young, you don't really think as right as you are getting old. You get more wisdom. So <laughs> at the very beginning, when you are, when I'm working for almost like a year or two, I just, like you said, I'm working here to make sure that my job will be going to be get done. But I don't really involve myself clearly or all the time in every challenges that we have. But, you know, as you grow old, as you've been in the company, and the company was a great support to all of our employees, and then they mentor us. They show us, okay, these are the quality that we were expecting from you and from all of our team. And then they're giving us some tools. But the tools that we receive is look at training and to enhance all our ability to make it better. And then I am not the same person work-wise when I started in here before. But because of the help and the support that I received from Spectre Info, I think I've become a better one. I think. I'm not really sure, but somebody else can justify that, especially my boss. <laughs> I don't know why I love that idea that you guys run on three shifts. I think the average distributor probably doesn't wrap their head around the manpower it takes to produce and get orders out the door. You know, I think most of us have nine to five jobs. And of course, we go home and check email and are able to answer clients at night or work with factories. But you guys are really working all around the clock to make sure that our projects are in the works and getting out the door. So now, when you get in the door in the morning, how is the communication between the shift before that and the shift before that? How do you guys all run seamlessly so that you are very informed on production and what's going on? I'm coming in at 6.30 to 6.45. So at least I'm going to be able to meet the head in charge in third shift. So we're going to have a couple of minutes of maybe like a 15 to 20 minutes meeting, depending on what are the challenges that they have that they want to give the information to me for the transition time. So at least I know exactly where we are right now at the moment that I step in. And then giving me all those information and I can do all the maneuver that I need to do regarding all these challenges and how am I going to simplify it with all the help of our tools in here. And at the same time also, before the end of my shift, I have to make it sure that I was going to meet my co-supervisor on second shift. And then the same thing, the same information I'm going to give to him, whatever challenges that I have and the achievement, and then he will go into continue according to what he have in place. 
you're just basically over communicating. Yes, it is. Shifting to product a little bit, tell us a little bit about what your favorite product is and maybe same question here, but different angle. What is the most difficult product to produce or decorate? Yes. Right now, my favorite product that we have here in our company is, and the difficult one also, is the new product that we have. This is what we call Ashberry Brand Patch. It's a bag. I love this collection. It's very exciting. Yes. We have a lot of classical materials in here for the bags. And what we do exactly is a patch. So we're not doing a bag. We're not building a bag in here. But what we do is patch. So what is very amazing in here, usually our decorating department only process one decorating materials in one item. But on the bag, what we do now is that it starts with our deboss department that they're going to prepare the materials. And then it's going to go again to another department, what we call a 4CP department, which is digital imprint. So they're going to print the patch and then after they print this, it goes back again now in deboss department, which they're going to do the debossing. And they're going to cut the patch according to the shape that our customer wants. And then on the third process, it's going to go now to another printing department, which is uh, what we call the Ashbury project. This is the new project that we have in our line of uh, business. It is very new, very young. So it's a process of cheat. Then all they have to do now to finalize it, the patch, they're going to stitch it on a bag. And then it's done. They're going to start packing all this order. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> it really looks like it's exhausting. When you see the bag, all these materials or the collection that we have, when you see this, it looks like so simple to do. But it's really difficult to do it in-house. I guess because it's new and we are not, we are familiar with exactly what we're doing. But I think we can still more improve by having some more research. But like I said, we are doing it well. We're doing it well. It looks hard, but we can simplify it now. I mean, I've seen the product and I get excited about showing client samples. A lot of times when we're showing personally the Ashbury collection, we won't show a screen sample. We make sure that it has the brand shield on it because it is visually stunning. So all the hard work on your part is definitely paying off. <laughs> it's true. Hey, Alan, is there a product that you can't stand to decorate? <laughs> if you were to be honest, if it comes to you and you're like, oh, no, not another one of these journals. It's just so finicky. <laughs> Mark, I don't think that there's a product that we really cannot stand in here because all the product that we have in line, what we do is that before we put it in the market, we did a couple of testing. Yeah. So... We try whatever the best way to process this, if we can decorate this in silk printing or we can decorate this one in flat printing. So in all the decorating that we can offer, we try this with all those different kind of materials, right. what kind of ink that we're going to use to adhere the ink. We try that one before we put it on the market. So it's going to be easier for us before we put it in the system or before we put it or promote it in the market because it's been tested. But of course, knowing that there are some challenges along the way. The only challenges that I see, it's not because of how we process it in here, but because the materials that we have online for almost like two years, and all of a sudden, our supplier changed their materials. Right. Then we have to go back again on testing these materials again from, uh, from beginning, from zero to one, two, three, to A to Z again. Right. And hoping, because we will going to find out that if we have the materials that are going to be capable to run this order that having other causing a problem, 
that we have in stock. Imagine if you have like 3,000 stock in our warehouse and all of a sudden we have a problem because of the materials. We cannot say that we cannot decorate this. This item will going to be a scrap. Yeah. So we were going to find a way how to resolve this. So we will try to do it in-house. All the testing will be done. It's going to be maybe like, uh, maybe take like two, three days, four days to test. Right. If we cannot achieve that in-house, we have a good relationship with our ink supplier, with material supplier. Then we will go into connect it with them, you know, to help us out to correct all these issues. Right. I'm curious to understand how order mess ups are handled at Spectre, but specifically on the production floor. So we know if Joe and I put on our distributor hats, if there is a problem with an order, let's say Axis or Right Sleeve, and in our case, ends up ordering a product and it gets shipped to the customer, and the customer calls and says, the imprint is crooked, or this is not the right print color, or the ink is rubbing off after, you know, a couple of uses, like, you know, typical things that distributors like us will deal with when an end client is not happy with the product. So then what happens is that we then call the supplier, hopefully not Spectre in this case, because you guys never make mistakes, but let's say hypothetically you did. (laughs) (laughs) And it goes to the customer service person who then looks at this and says, well, it actually is a problem on the production floor. What happens at that point? When that order is then brought back and it's noted that there has been an issue on the production floor, how is that mess up, so to speak, handled and how is it rectified? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Mark, this is something that we really pay attention with because we don't want to lose the trust of our client. Yep. We want to make sure that once it happened, we want to make sure that, that we believe that the client is always right, the customer is always right. So what we do is that, yeah, we were going to do a couple of investigation, what exactly happened, and then we will go into correct it right away. Right. And then by that, Spectre Co. is always generous enough and considerate that there's something wrong with our material, the way we process maybe production error, but that will be replaced as soon as possible. Right. Well, and it sounds like you've got a process for managing the mistake. At the end of the day, you know, your customer service is fantastic. You stand behind the product but it sounds like you're also using it as an opportunity to learn. So if it happens to be a jig, for instance, that needs to be updated, or maybe a new ink needs to be brought in because it's more durable, I'm just making these things up. But it certainly sounds like you would take every opportunity where there's a problem to go and learn from that so it's not repeated a second time. Yes, exactly. Because all those documentation that we did from the beginning, then we have to review it again. If this is the reason why we're having this kind of problem right now. right, And then... Before we send it to our client, we have to ensure that it's really fixed. It's going to stay with us for a couple of days and do further testing. We're not going to be shipping it out if we are not certain that we managed to correct the problem. Yeah, absolutely. Alan, tell us a little bit about what's the most frustrating part of the the day-to-day of the job. I think the most frustrating is that when we encounter some issues regarding the materials, because this is really something that's really alarming for us. It's very intense for me, especially for my colleague in here, because, you know, when you have a couple of staff or a thousand of staff in the warehouse, and then you are not certain what you're going to do, and might end it up that you will not be able to produce and then release this order or have the customer order for this new problem materials, then we try to do all our best in here to do what we can. But eventually, there are some materials that are not really fixable, and not because of our company, but I think because of the, our supplier. 
So that's the only thing, but it's not really happening. It's rarely that it happens. But when it happens, it really, it's sometimes it's not frustrating. It's, of course, it's a challenge or opportunity for us to learn what kind of material that we were going to be looking up to that when we see, okay, this is not applicable for um, ink A, but now our supplier of ink will go to promote to us, use this kind of additives, use this kind of ink, and then you need to air dry this one for two hours, then voila, it's done. That's a good attitude to take it like a learning experience. Yes, that's exactly what we're mentoring here with our production team. And on the flip side, what part of the day or overall, what part of your job is most rewarding? What do you love? One thing that I really love to see, I don't want to see it all the time, but it's very rewarding, is that when we are overwhelmed with workload here in production, and you know that it looks like the, our manpower in production is not sufficient enough to manage to ship all this order. But we have a protocol here at the Spectre Co. This is one of our culture that making it sure that if you cannot handle this one, we can get some help. You know, the help that we can get is from our office staff. So all we have to do is to send an email to them. We were going to be needing a couple of hands in here in production because of an overwhelming workload. And maybe in a couple of minutes, you are going to be seeing them partnering with production, our office staff partnering with production and working hand in hand. And you will see that they have one vision and they have one goal. And their goal is, you know, to achieve that we will go into manage to ship all this order. But when you see that one, it's pretty much very rewarding for me because I can see that how great the Spectre team working together just to making sure that our company will going to stay great in this industry. That's awesome. Really good teamwork. Exactly. Speaking of teamwork, I follow you guys on social media. I really love your Instagram and the way that your culture is. And again, I've been at the factory, so I sort of have a good sense of the company. You guys do a lot for team building, correct? Yes, we do a lot. I'm so grateful with our company that, yeah, all the time, every year, maybe like two or three team building that we have to ensure that all of us are going to be up to speed and understand what exactly the vision of our company and to be partnered with that vision. I remember last time that we discussed that, you know, we put ourselves like we are in a canoe and everybody should stroke at the same direction to achieve, to go in our goal quickly. So that's really awesome. You know, these are the tools that we really love here at Spectre. These are the support that they're always given to us. That is so good because it's really hard to keep everyone in line with vision. And I noticed some of the video put up for the team building stuff. I was smiling because it was just really engaging and it made me feel like you guys all cared about the culture. <laughs> yes, it's true. Alan, just switching gears here a little bit and moving away from the operations side of the business, but I'm wondering how often you see Spectre products that you and your colleagues might have decorated in the real world. Like, do you see Ashbury bags in Montreal, for instance, <laughs> or journals or the pens, for instance, at restaurants that you go to and you recognize it and say, hey, this is my product. How often do you see that? Here in Montreal, yeah, we do see it a lot, especially when you go to mall, Puerto Mall, or any mall that we have in it. You can see most of them, or even though you go to a, a school or at the bank. Like, for example, last time that I went to my bank, which is our BC bank, and then I saw, oh, I know the who printed this one, because they have the pen with our BC logo. So we know exactly that this is come from Spectre and Co. Yeah, we see this one in any industry here in Montreal. Right. It must be a neat feeling. I know that Joe and I certainly get this really great feeling whenever we see products that our distributorships have produced over the years. 
because you feel the sense of pride that you were behind it. And yes. of course, what's different for people like Joe and myself is that we didn't actually make the products with our own hands. We may have come up with an advertising campaign that put it into a company program, or we recommended the product because we evaluated the client's needs and suggested a great Spectre product. But at the end of the day, we didn't get our hands dirty in the same way that you and your colleagues have got it dirty. And But I think either way, it's really neat to see your hard work, whether you're a distributor or you're an operations professional, because you played a role in producing it and bringing it into market. So it's a neat feeling. Yes, it is. It's really overwhelming the once in a while that you see that. It's really overwhelming. And, you know, like you said, Mark, that we really take pride of everything that we do here in production. We're making it sure that if I show you what I print or what I did, you know, chin up, I did this. Yep. That's how proud we are with our product. What was it like, Alan, if you can remember back, I think it was probably around 10 years or so ago when Spectre really made the shift from being a writing instrument company to a company that produced bags and fashion forward journals. And ultimately, you really expanded the line almost overnight. I remember as a distributor, I'd be walking the show, the Toronto show, and I would see the booth. And then it was like almost one year, everything was entirely different. It was as though Spectre had gone from being a writing instrument company that produced silver pens and silver key tags to these beautifully colored journals and everything is full color. And I just remember there was a huge shift in the marketplace. And I can't imagine how interesting that would have been from your perspective to have now been introduced to all of these new products. What was that like? Well, as a person, everybody, like I guess, that are not really fond of changes. When you're accustomed to, you know, being in your comfort zone, yeah. and you feel that we're going to be applying now, we're going to be moving to a digital world, we're going to be printing now power bank, or we're going to be printing now headphones, it's not easy for us to do that. It's a good transition, but it's not that simple. It's not that yeah. easy. But of course, what we need to ensure is that our management, making it sure that they were going to get the suggestion and opinion of each and every one of us in here. You know, this is our goal right now. This is our vision. Everybody needs to understand that, you know, this is what we have to do to make it sure that we will going to be competitive in our industry. And then they put us on board. So we have a lot of meeting every after meeting. They show us these are the materials that we're going to do right now. We will not going to stop just alone with the bone plans. We are going to work now with digital, with the bag. But it's not simple. But like I said, it's not simple, but it's achievable because of the team that we have in here. Right. And I think what you're saying there is really a timeless management strategy. And you think about whether you're in the distributor business or whether you're a service provider in this business or whether you're a supplier like you are, Alan, that the best companies in this industry are the ones that really bring their entire team into the decision-making process. I can't imagine that you would have been nearly as successful as if the executives at Spectre just simply came in and said, all right, we're expanding our line. We're getting into journals. We're getting into headphones. We're getting into power banks and just shoved it down everyone else's throats. I don't think that would have worked at all. And it's certainly a credit to Rob and Tina and their entire team that they've taken this very collaborative approach that spans the entire organization. So everyone's on the same page. Exactly. Because everyone wants to grow, or I think most of us in this industry want to grow. But that can come with some real 
complexities and real challenges. And it's nice to see that there's a great system that's in place on your end. Yes, it is great, though. Thank you so much for that, for that, Mark. I'll ask one last question, and then, Joe, I'll let you ask any others that you have. Alan, do you often think about the impact that promotional products have on the overall marketing world? Is that something that you and your production colleagues are tuned into at all? The one thing that I can say, Mark, is that I do trust our management in here on the decision-making that they did. So I know and I can trust that the vision that they have is really going to get our company better. And of course, all we have to do is to make sure that we will go on to give all that support. But knowing that this company is very young and there's really a lot of potential in the market that we can offer. And knowing my company, knowing Spectre Info, we never settle for less. Any opportunity that we see in the market, in the industry, we always try to make it sure that we were going to have that one too. So to make sure that we were going to be always going to be competitive. I want to just ask you a little bit about, you know, it sounds like you've been there a really long time, which is great. And you clearly like your job because you had longevity there. Where do you see yourself at Spectre in five years or even 10 years or in the industry? Well, honestly, I don't really know. Well, where am I going to go? Five to ten years from now, but what I'm, one thing that I'm really sure is that there's a lot of opportunity that we have in here, for especially for an employee like me and for a very young employee that we have. And it's not going to stop there. Our company will going to continue evolving and evolving, and to the best that we can do for our market. And one thing that I'm sure right now is that our team here in production area. We were going to be doing all our best, you know, to partner with our vision, the vision of our company and to make it happen, you know, to better, to have us, you know, to have our best success to ensure that Spectre Co. are always running, always in the industry. Awesome. Sounds like you really like it there. That makes me happy. I maybe wanted to end with a comment in saying that we've had the luxury of speaking to so many dynamic people on the Promo Kitchen podcast for years and years now. And it's, really exciting for us to have the opportunity to speak to the operations and production side of the industry, which is not a space that we've really explored in much detail. What I do know in my time as a distributor that I've spent many, many years touring factories and meeting the great people who produce the products that we go out and sell every day. And what I can say from my own experience is that those interactions educated me to a point where I became a much more empathetic salesperson. So even though I, as a salesperson, wanted to land that order and would certainly want to make sure I could push suppliers to get it produced on time, it made me, I think, a better person to deal with because I was better educated as to what actually happened and how that journal was actually being printed or decorated or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And so in conclusion, I just think it's so important for people in this industry to understand all aspects of it, the executive side of this business, the finance side of this business, the marketing and sales side of this business, just like the operational side of this business, because they all complement one another. They all connect to each other. And we're really honored to play a small role in bringing some of these stories to the market. So we really appreciate your time, Alan. I just want to thank you so much for both of you for giving me an opportunity to know how much we work here in production area. Like you said, it's not something that everybody is aware of how production works. 
But yeah, I'm so grateful that at least now you have a little bit of an understanding how we process all our materials in here and production work and how the team operate. That's all I can say. Awesome. Well, thank you for everything you do. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alan. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org slash donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.